Hello friends and welcome back to the Homecoming Podcast. The Homecoming Podcast shares conversations, practices, and inspiration for returning home to your true self. I'm Sarah Elaine Nelson, a certified yoga therapist and yoga teacher working mostly online using the traditional practices of yoga along with modern technology to help you create more ease and joy in your life. Before we start, I just wanted to pop in and let you know I'm offering a free Thanksgiving gentle yoga class online. It's free to anyone, whether you celebrate Thanksgiving or not, whether you live in the U.S. or not. It's going to be 45 minutes um, on Thursday, November 23rd. This is 2023, and we're just going to take time to ground, to move gently, to center, and connect with the land that we're on. So I hope that you'll join me. The link to register for that free class will be in the show notes. Friends, I am so excited to share this conversation with you that I had with Steph Galante. Steph Galante is a justice-centered mental health and trauma-informed yoga teacher, an Ayurveda yoga specialist, a self-care coach, workshop facilitator, host of the podcast, Humaning, the shit we need to talk about, and the owner of Steph Galante Self-Care. Her mission is to disrupt the status quo of society's view of self-care, mental health, overall well-being, and most importantly, who gets to feel well. Her work centers on guiding clients who are doing the hard work of pushing against, disrupting, and dismantling oppressive systems in creating a lifestyle of mindful self-care to support their mental, emotional, physical, and energetic health, navigate everyday stress, work through the effects of trauma, alleviate burnout, decrease overwhelm, and promote more ease and joy in their daily lives in a deeply personal and sustainable way. Her services provide holistic support so her clients can be more fully resourced and authentically show up in the world to support their community. Steph is a lecturer for Rutgers University's Department of Kinesiology and she facilitates wellness workshops for businesses, organizations, and conferences. Steph and I dive into the importance of routines, specifically self-care routines, and specifically for times that are extra challenging and for people who are doing really challenging work. I love how Steph breaks this down and really simplifies things so that you're not just adding more things to your to-do list or your should-do list, but you're actually um, doing things that nourish and support you and create this foundation that makes you more able to do the work in the world that you want to do. So uh, I'm excited for you to hear this conversation. Just a reminder, the Homecoming Podcast is for information and inspiration It does not replace medical care or advice. I'm not a licensed healthcare provider or mental health therapist. 
So let's get to this conversation. Thanks for listening. Hi, Steph. Welcome to the Homecoming Podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. And this month we're talking about routines, routines and rituals actually, but today we are going to talk about routines. And I thought it would be interesting to start with um, talking about the difference, if there is one, between routines and habits. That's such a good question. And it's funny because like when you think about, or when I think about it at first, and I think I typically go to definitions, right? Sometimes I feel like, how do I feel about this question? <laughs> and also what's the definition, right? I gotta, yeah. gotta go with facts. Um, I feel as though in society, American society, this is where I've always lived, right? So I can only kind of talk about American society. I feel as though these words are used interchangeably. And, you know, habit, the, the definition is something that we kind of do repeatedly. And also there is a connotation, a context of like, something that may not always be the best thing for us as in like, it's hard to break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then routine also things we do kind of habitually, right? It may be more than one habit. It may be things we choose to do. Um, but for me, because within Ayurveda, it, when we're talking about self-care practices, Ayurveda always is talking about routine, 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 routine. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes people will say to me, but staff, like, you know, we, you, you're talking about routine in one way, like it's a good thing, but then also routine as if it's a bad thing. So I want to kind of address that where mm-hmm. for me, when I'm talking about a routine, I'm talking about practices that we establish kind of as foundational for us throughout the day, maybe throughout the week or throughout the month, whatever it is, however often it happens. But that is of our choosing. So our habits may be to get up, to go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. to brush our teeth, right? Maybe to have breakfast. I don't know. I'm just naming things, right? Your Everybody's yeah. habits may be different, right? I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes. Um, <laughs> but the key for me is that they're flexible. That yes, we've got these things that we do that maybe we don't really think about it. Like you just get up and you start brushing your teeth right? And it's just the thing you do because you've always done it. But you may come to it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. You may come to it after you go to the bathroom or, you know, after you do this other thing. And again, I'm using brush your teeth just as a hypothetical thing to talk about. But the idea is that there's a choice in it. And there is a conscious intention of how you're coming to the practice based on how you're feeling or based on what's going on, right? That you're not just moving through it to get it done with. You're not just doing it and you're not even conscious of how or that it did it in fact happen, but that Mm -hmm. there is an awareness there, an awareness in the moment. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, thank you. It does. (laughs) (laughs) And and I do like the teeth brushing example because of course we all, or at least most of us, um, do that. And I can see how, how there'd be a difference in just, and just doing it versus like kind of being present for it, choosing, like you say, choosing to do it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, of course. And so you mentioned Ayurveda and 
that routines are a big part of Ayurveda. And so I would love to hear you talk a little bit about why routines are important in Ayurveda. It's such a good question. And it's, I always struggle with like speaking concisely about this. <laughs> it's a me thing, not a you and the question thing. No um, need to be but, concise. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but we, you know, I mean, we don't have two hours to talk about, right? <laughs> but, um, you know, Ayurveda views routines or routine practices as anchor points for our day or again, like I said, week or month, right? And the idea here is that we have practices in place, whether it's like certain timing or based on like, you know, if this happens, then I'll do this, whatever it is, um, that allows us kind of tethers to things that support and nourish us. So that when we get busy throughout our day, whether you are working, whether you are running errands, whether you are a caregiver, and also as life unfolds and stress happens and challenges arise, that you have these anchor points set. Mm -hmm. Again, in a habitual way of like, you don't necessarily have to think about remembering to do this thing, right? Because it's just ingrained in you to do it, right? So that way you don't get caught up in the wildness of life without tending to yourself. Mm -hmm. And then what Ayurveda helps us to remember is that that's the first piece. And then the second piece is to meet ourselves where we are, like I was saying before, and adjusting the practices as needed. And so with Ayurveda, um, a big part of our daily routine or dinacharya is focused on the morning, actually. And that in American culture tends to be really hard, right? Because <laughs> in American culture, so many of us are snoozers, right? Like we don't necessarily in American culture get the quality of sleep that we need. And mm -hmm. so morning can be really tough and really busy. And yeah. American culture, we might wake up and we're immediately on our phone and tuning back in and checking email, right? Very kind of outward connection versus inward connection. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not poo-pooing any of that. Please know all of your listeners that I'm, I don't throw any shade, right? I just simply say what is. Yeah. Um, and I do some, sometimes do this too. Sometimes for me, it's quiet in my house in the morning. So I immediately start to work because I know mm -hmm. I'm going to have to parent soon. Right. And <laughs> so sometimes I'm talking to myself, like, is this really the best use of my time and energy? This is what I want to do. But anyways, um, the reason that Ayurveda focuses so much or puts so much focus on the morning routine, again, with flexibility is because it sets the tone for the day. Mm -hmm. And when we start the day with moments or minutes, however many moments or minutes you have, that's tuned in to yourself, mm -hmm. that comes with us. Like nothing we do is independent to that moment, right? What we do, everything that we do, bits of that transfer and come with us to the rest of our day. And so when we, again, whether it's for a few moments, a few breaths or a few minutes, whatever you can, and you are connecting to yourself, to being in the present moment, to your breath, being connected as you brush your teeth, whether you're journaling, gratitude practice, whatever it might be, moving your body, eating breakfast, whatever it is. But if you're doing it in a very connected inward way, a very present 
minded, present moment focused way. That sets a tone for the day. And for me, the biggest piece of that too is so that if or when life goes awry, that's still there. The effects of that are still there. It may be buried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it may feel like, like it's not even there, but it is there. And it makes it easier to come back to that, to access those practices or the essence or the vibe of those practices. Again, mm-hmm. you're not just getting swept away in, in and by life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that setting that, that foundation for, for the day. How hard on, on yourself should you be if you, um, miss little bits of your routine? Such a great question. (laughs) Not at all. Right. (laughs) And that, that, and and I say that understanding that I'm also being a very big hypocrite right now because I'm very hard of myself (laughs) and (laughs) non-judgment that I'm sure you talk to your listeners about all the time. Um, Self non-judgment is so hard for me. Grace, compassion. That's really hard. But I have to say that that's been one of the greatest gifts Ayurveda has given to me that I did not expect. Yeah. Because the foundation of Ayurveda in terms of the self-care practices is self-love. And if you're coming from a place of self-love, I have to remind myself, can I judge myself for not doing what I thought I was supposed to do or should do, right? And Ayurveda gives us the invitation to stop saying should like how often do we say I know I should be doing this or I should have done that right Right. no we came to the moment as best we could we are going to make mistakes that is human behavior period and what we what Ayurveda encourages us to do is allow ourselves to be human be messy in that way and just do better the next time right Mm -hmm. so acknowledging where we fell short that's normal and then do a little bit better. And also a caveat of that is sometimes our practices will look different. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to take some off the list or off the intention for the day because we just are not properly resourced to do it. And so what we are called to do is to decide, do I really need to do this or am I doing this to satisfy my ego and the to-do list? Is this, Mm -hmm. am I coming to this for the right reasons? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I feel like that flows really well into the next question about, um, you know, I know that you specialize in working with disruptors, people who are working towards dismantling the oppressive mm-hmm. systems and, um, the work is so important and I could imagine, you know, it being, perhaps self-care and routine being the first thing someone like lets go of when they are, when they're doing that work. And so I'd love to hear, um, what routines would be helpful, uh, for folks doing this sort of work. Yes. You're that thought you had of, you know, self-care being the first thing that falls off the list. Yes. I mean, it's for everybody who's busy. Most people, I should say, let, let me not say a blanket statement, but I find that, you know, for people who are standing up to injustice, oppression, who are actively showing up to dismantling and supporting the groups of people who 
whose identities are being marginalized in this country or around the world. Um, they are doers, they are caregivers. And when I say caregiver, I don't necessarily mean that they are parents of children themselves, but they are caregivers of the people who they are fighting for, who they are supporting, whether they have their own children or family, friends who they are caring for in their personal lives, right? They are people who will be, you know, up for whatever it takes. (laughs) And and I don't want to say to a fault because it's not to a fault, but they are willing to just do whatever it takes. And this work is hard because we are talking about centuries of systemic behavior that is deeply entrenched in ways we know and ways we don't know, including our self-care and our mental health and well-being. And, And so when, think about it, anything that you dedicate yourself to, anything that you're willing to exhaust yourself for, you may not have be resourced to care for yourself in a way that keeps the cup full. Yeah. Also, so many people who are doing the disrupting don't have access to the resources they need, whether it's from their job or within their disrupting efforts, or if they themselves hold identities that are marginalized in this world. But yet still the fight continues and the work continues. Um, and so something that I um have been really talking about in my work is you have got to resource yourself so that you can keep going so that you can keep fighting so that you can keep on doing the work that is so needed but not be burnt out in the process because i truly believe that those two things do not have to go together. We have been conditioned mm. in dominant culture to believe that burnout is the way, right? Like everybody you know is burned out or so many people you know are burned out, right? Like, so that must be normal. That must be the way, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that that's something that we we still need to dismantle, right? Yeah. That That we don't have to do that. Uh, and that it's not only is it not selfish, but that we actually might come to the work in a, in a better way. And it's more sustainable because, you know, there's a conversation in spaces where people are, are doing disrupting work. And it's like, gosh, sometimes I just need to step away from everything for a few hours, for a few days, a few months. And yes, those breaks are important. And also it gets me thinking of what if we were to more consistently come to self-care in a way that makes sense for you, the individual, so that maybe you don't feel as though, oh, like totally depleted. And that's when you come to the break, right? Right. Where the breaks are more kind of a regular practice. Mm. And that feeling of just being empty is less frequent and also maybe less saturated, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the other question you asked was, how do they begin to develop a routine? Was that the yeah. question, Sarah? It w- yeah, it was. Um, what what routines might be especially helpful? Yeah. You know, I don't think that there, I tried to stay away from blanket statements. And mm-hmm. I mean, self-care is a very personal thing. Mm-hmm. At the same time, 
something I talk about in my work where I'm like, this is not flashy. This is not earth shattering. You're not gonna be like, wow, Steph really made, like, I've never heard that before. It's not gonna be anything like that. But I really focus on basic self-care practices because, you know, dominant culture likes us to believe that it's getting a massage or, you know, watching TV for four hours or, you know, time out with friends. And those are self-care practices. Don't get me wrong, but it's not something we've got to earn or run ourselves into the ground to get that. That's an important statement. I feel that I need to make sure to make. Yeah. Self-care for me is all of the basic ways you take care of yourself. So that's eating your meals. And I understand that a conversation about eating is nuanced and it's emotionally charged. There's so much attached to eating. So I want to name that. I don't mean to be cavalier as I say, eat your meals. Cause I understand it's not always that easy food insecurity, um, uh, eating disorders, et cetera. They're all so much is present and real and valid with that. Um, and often I shy away from speaking about what we should be eating because at the end of the day, for me, I just want you to eat. First, we can have a conversation later about, <laughs> quote unquote, what might you eat to be of, of most support for you, optimal support, right? So eat your meals, be present as you eat them, because often we're rushing or we're scrolling, right? But being present yeah. to try to whew, build some ease and softness um, into our day, if you can. We're talking about uh, consistent sleep patterns going to sleep, waking up at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about moving your body. And I mean, I've been in the fitness and wellness industry my entire career. And there are, you know, all kinds of guidelines and standards about out there about cardio and strength training, what it needs to look like. Yeah, I, you know, I support a lot of it in terms of yes, we should do cardio. Yes, we should strength train heart muscles, you know, making sure that we are are allowing everything to function in 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 a way that supports our health. But I also wholeheartedly support you doing it in a way that feels good to you. So if you don't like to run, please don't run. I don't like to run. So I don't run, right? I do cardio in other ways. Um, same thing with strength training. I, I want people to develop a, a positive relationship with exercise and one that is not based on, again, shoulds or mm-hmm. uh, uh, obligation based on standards. Um, so, and then, um, so sleep, eat, sleep move your move. body. Yes, eat, sleep, move. Um, there's one more basic one that I'm forgetting, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. I'll come to it. Connect with nature. Mm-hmm. Look outside. Get yeah. outside if you can, even yeah. for a moment. Um, there's something that is so re-regulating about being outside in nature if you are safe to. Um, even if you're in a city, right? Just feeling the, the air on your face, the mm-hmm. the uh, sun possibly, or even the clouds, even the rain, right? Like, you know, we often associate nature with like grass and open fields and birds chirping. And, and, and that may not be where you are mm-hmm. and that's okay. Right. But, um, you know, being out in nature, time to yourself, even if that's very small, but time to yourself is, is imperative for you to connect to you. And that could be through breathing. It could be just standing still. It could be in the bathroom, right? Like it doesn't have to be anything big. Uh, Meaningful connections with others. 
um, of your choosing where also, by the way, you get to establish boundaries, you get to say yes, and you get Mm -hmm. to say no, right? Like, we often, again, should ourselves in terms of what our connections need to look like, you know, do I need to call versus text, right? Do I need to, you know, talk to this person a certain amount of time? And maybe there is somebody who you've got to call every single day. Otherwise, you know, you're in trouble, but (laughs) you know, like, it's just, we don't have to say yes to everything. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say not right now or whatever it is that you need to say to do. And also it's okay to say yes to more things that you want to say yes to. And the other thing I just remembered it is hydrate. Mm. Drinking your water, you know, throughout the day is going to be really important. And again, like I said, like these are not earth shattering. They're not anything new, but the value of when we do even two, I named eight things and you might be like, I don't have time for those eight things. I don't have energy for those eight things. Fine. Start with one, right? Yeah. The value of, of showing up to yourself in the, these ways. I mean, I can't even speak to it. I don't even think it's measurable, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, I love that list because it's not, um, it's not like the to-do list a person might get in an Ayurveda program where it's like, get up and do this and then this and then this. It's it's just like, yeah, these are these are basic self-care things that you can um some of which you're already people are already doing. You already, you know, ideally have to eat and sleep and drink, but bringing more awareness to it and making sure you're getting getting the right amounts. That's great. One hundred percent. I mean, I feel like dominant culture has really fucked things up in a lot of ways when it comes yeah. to self-care. And, you know, there, Ayurveda brings us a lot that dominant culture is lacking, that Western practices are lacking. I'm not going to poo-poo Western practices altogether, but there is a lot lacking. Um, But I think too, even though, I mean, like we know intent doesn't equal impact. And so even though Ayurveda practices, the system, the wisdom is well-meaning and well-intentioned, with the way society is now, with where so many people's lives are now, it's not accessible. Like if you, yeah. if I went through the whole list that Ayurveda has for Dinacharya, the daily practices, I mean, it's, it, it feels inaccessible. It feels as though for me, yeah, right? And it can be overwhelming. And I certainly don't practice as, practice all of the practices each day um or and I don't I certainly don't adhere to the morning routine um but I think that whether you are in a tough spot right now whether you've been in a tough spot excuse me for a while now I think the reminder I have from Ayurveda is keep things simple Mm -hmm. keep yourself tuned in right and Less really is more because for me, self-care should not feel like a should, mm-hmm. right? It feels like support. And so that's what I always encourage everybody to do. Like what would feel supportive right now, right? Yes, you you maybe should be doing this other thing, but what would be supportive right now and how would that be supportive? And so for me, you know, it's, it's talking about these very basic practices and I say basic as in like, it's, it's again, it's not earth shattering. It's not shiny. It's not flashy. 
but it's it's literally the stuff we need. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like it is it is the foundation of what we need to nourish ourselves as humans. Um and given the climate of how life is busy, constantly things going on one thing after another that we can't even catch our breath from. Yeah. That we have to consider how much time do we have to do this thing we want to do? And what is, what's our energy? What, how, what's our resource? Resourcement resourcing look like? Like what does the, the gas tank look like? Mm-hmm. Are we at a full tank? Are we at a medium tank? Are we kind of running on fumes? And then also from an Ayurvedic perspective, it's like what energy is present? Like, do you feel balanced? Or is there an excess of energy that is causing an imbalance? Like, it, am I feeling unsettled today? Mm. Which is going to then affect the way I'm coming to life, including self-care. Am I feeling angry or critical today? Pitta energy, right? And that's going to affect how I'm coming to everything in my life, including self-care. Same thing with kapha energy. Am I feeling dull, lethargic, you know, slow moving, right? Resistant to change. And that is going to play out in everything, including self-care. And so when we really think from a self-awareness perspective, we have to consider these things because the reality is we are not going to manufacture more time in the day. The reality is so many of us have competing priorities that need our time and our energy and our, our, our presence that we have, something's got to give something. And instead of just throwing it out, self-care out the window, because it's not fitting, how can we make it fit? Mm -hmm. And that's by Mm -hmm. really being flexible with time, energy, and your expectation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Steph. So as we are chatting, it's mid-October. Um, and between the I chaos, mean, how? how, right? <laughs> Somehow it was just summer yesterday and now it's mid-October. Um, it's pretty chaotic in the U S Congress this week. Um, and there's violence, terrible violence in the middle East. Things are feeling really chaotic and ungrounded and grief filled for many people. And I have a feeling in two weeks when, when we release this, it's, it's going to be much the same. And so can you talk a bit about having routines in place or even creating new ones during times of uncertainty? Yeah, yes. And what a thoughtful question for, for you to ask for your listeners. Um, My answer is maybe tune in Mm. and and notice what need is present. And the reality is for some of you, for some, I know this happens to me. I don't know if this happens to you, Sarah, but sometimes you're like, this need just feels so big. And like what I need to meet this need just doesn't feel accessible, whether it's time, money, energy, all of the above or anything else. But first of all, sometimes just simply acknowledging the need is there is so powerful, period. Mm -hmm. And powerful 
in that I think many of us, we really need validation to not feel alone, to, to feel seen. And I feel as though we need that from ourselves too. Hmm. That recognition that he, this is this thing is present and it's okay. It's hard. Maybe it feels all these other things. I don't want to name them because I don't know, you know, how you might be experiencing it, but validation is huge. Number mm -hmm. one. Number two, in the validation, in the process of validating, like, you know, and acknowledging what is present, this need, and maybe there's many, there might be multiple, right? It's acknowledging, I always ask, what's one small thing you can do right now or the next five minutes or the next hour? Say you're in a meeting and you can't, right? <laughs> like, or you're like in this situation, you just can't right now. Um, what's one and I mean, mm. minuscule small, that maybe doesn't take any, any money, right? Mm -hmm. That maybe you don't need to rely on someone else because oftentimes we don't want to ask for help, or maybe we just don't have access to like personnel help, right? Yeah. What's one small thing you can do to just meet yourself. And I, when I say small, that doesn't mean insignificant, small, simple can be really significant, but the idea is doing one little thing that doesn't take much from you in time or energy to just meet yourself there, to offer yourself a little bit of support, a little soothing, to create some space, maybe whatever it is that you need. But what's one, one way that you can meet yourself mm -hmm. in that? So that's like in the moment, right? Of like, how do I begin the conversation with myself of like, what do I do about my self-care right now? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so like, for instance, for eating, it may look like, okay, well, I haven't been eating breakfast, so I'm going to really mm. try to eat breakfast. And again, not should yourself of what it needs to look like, please don't go and make yourself a buffet thinking like, that's what you need to do. Just eat something. Yeah. Right. Or maybe it's like, I haven't been getting good quality sleep. Okay, great. So maybe I'm not going to be on my phone right before I go to bed, or maybe I'm going to do this or that, right. Stop working, you know, ahead of bedtime. You know, so it can just be one thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, the practice itself doesn't have to be perfect, but it's just one step that gets you in the direction of releasing that pressure a little bit and feeling a little bit more at ease with it. Yeah. Does that, does that help? Does that make, like, I, <clears throat> I want to please ask me questions if that was not quite clear. No, I think, um, <clears throat> I think it is for me, it was clear. The first thing that came to me was like, Oh, I need to take a deep breath right now. So like it, it, it immediately yeah. worked on me. Um, I, yes. I, lo I love that idea of just like, what's just one small thing that I can do now or, or, or soon. Um, when you said the sleep thing, I also thought of like, yeah, maybe don't have the afternoon, you know, caffeine or something like that as well. Yes. Um, right. <clears throat> yeah. I think that it, it simplifies it and, um, it makes it accessible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's just, we're living in overwhelming times and adding, adding more stuff to the to-do list or the should-do list is yeah. really adds to that. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. funny because like, as I was talking about it, I'm realizing like what I'm offering is not actually a way to create a routine at all. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel as though, like you just said, it 
quickly turns into because in American culture, we're so success oriented. Yeah. Right. So it becomes part of the to do list. Like I said, I was going to do this. I need to do this. It becomes it, it then becomes a should. Yeah. And I don't want it to. Right. So I want I'd rather you begin to just ask, the, get curious about the question. Like, what do I need? And yeah. try to show up to that every day, every other day, however it is that you can and allow it to be different. Yeah. Yeah. And what a beautiful way to, um, to connect with yourself and create that relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. I think that's a sweet, sweet spot to end our conversation about routines, but I do want, um, to, to save some space here for you to talk about how people can find you and what you're up to. For sure. Um, I'm on Instagram. It's mm-hmm. Steph Galante, S-T-E-F-F-G-A-L-L-A-N-T-E. Um, and also via my newsletter, which you can, you know, link to um, on my website, stephgalante.com. Um, I also have a podcast called Humaning, the shit we need to talk about. And it's, you know, the foundation of it is yoga, yoga culture, yoga philosophy, Ayurveda, in the realm of also calling out the stuff in dominant culture in the fitness and wellness industry that is keeping us unwell um, and how to make these ancient practices really work for us given life Mm -hmm. as it is right now because I don't think ever you know um, it it just again we 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 have to bridge the gap right and meet ourselves where we are and I don't think we have to you know be monks or wait for an ideal world to mm-hmm. utilize these very necessary practices. And I think it's also really important to identify where the systems, the, the oppressive systems are showing up in, in our spaces and in our world, in, including our well-being. Um, and um, I just celebrated the fourth and business anniversary uh, and which is really exciting. Um, and I created a new offer, which is called a release the pressure call. Um, and so this is just a very simple way that people can just hop on a call with me. We get to talk about, you know, what people are experiencing, what they, it's a one-on-one call. So we talk about what you're experiencing, how you want to feel. And in real time, I'm offering clarity. And before we get off the call, I'll be offering a few practices again, very simple, that don't require uh, you know any money unless you say you've got the money that you want to pay for whatever it is that you want to do, um, and it and it considers your time, your energy, your your responsibilities, and so it's curated for you um, to just release the pressure a little bit because sometimes we just need that we're in the pressure cooker, and we just need a little bit of relief to to create that space so that we can like exhale like you said exhale just a little bit. And so I, I haven't offered something like this in quite a few years. So I'm really excited to, to help people not be on, be alone. Um, and, and, you know, as they navigate and continue to navigate all that's going on. Yeah. I love that offering. When I saw it on your website, it seems like such a timely, timely offering. Congratulations on the four year anniversary. That's very exciting. Um, I feel like I also saw on your website, was it called a disruptor's guide? 
Oh, yes. A, so a cool free opt-in. Yeah. Yes, thank you. It's it's a free um it's a free um oh my gosh, words. Uh tool guide words uh that you can access uh transparency you will be added to my email list um mm -hmm. when you register for it, but you could unsubscribe at any time. Uh and it basically is a, a video of me leading you through those eight self-care practices I was talking about earlier, um, ideas to adjust it uh, based on your needs, um, and also includes a PDF that offers um, kind of a way to map things out that not only allows you to add it to your to-do list, but, but also do it in a way that I was discussing earlier that takes into account the responsibilities you have for the day, how much energy you've got, mm. right? So it's not just do this thing because you said you were going to do it, but rather mm. considering the entireness of your year, the entirety of your day and what it looks like and how you might come to it. And also giving yourself permission, not that you need it from me, to not come to the practice too, mm -hmm. if that's what's needed. So yes, um, you can access fully for free um, on my website. Excellent. Yeah, perfect. Steph, thank you so much for coming on and having this chat with me this morning. Um, it just, it, it was really great to talk to you. And I feel like you shared a lot of really great, really accessible um, ideas for folks. So I'm excited to share thank with Thank you again for having me. Oh. Yeah. What a dream. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Homecoming Podcast. The Homecoming Podcast is brought to you by the Homecoming Online Therapeutic Yoga Membership, where we put a lot of these things that we talk about on the podcast into practice. If you'd like to read more about the Homecoming Membership or join, the link is in the show notes. If you've got questions or comments, please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. And if you'd like to sign up for that Thanksgiving yoga class, that's totally free. The link is in the show notes.